Welcome to Talkie Talk, the podcast from MediaBias.com. Joining me today is TJ. Just TJ. Just TJ. We've got no Brent. Brent is off. It's like in Kentucky by now. He's driving, driving along the road. Driving to Kentucky. All right. Yeah. David uh, has welcomed the Media Bias baby. So he's going to be joining us when he can. Yes. Apparently babies are hard Remotely. to take care of. But we thought we'd still get together and talk about the stuff we've been watching. We're going to do a little news blast. Uh, talk about the Oscars. Yeah. Um, and then we normally have homework we talk about, but instead of homework, we're going to have a pop quiz. Uh, we're going to talk about Marvel movies, because it's just the two of us, and so no yeah. one can stop us. <laughs> so no one to tell us we're wrong. <laughs> yeah, also David doesn't particularly watch these. Uh, with the continuity of mine that Chris and I do, and uh, Britt does a little bit. It's definitely our our baby if if it has to be two people's babies on the podcast. Yeah, so we're um, yeah we're, we're we're recording in my office, which is full of garbage, and um, so you might hear my keyboard and my mouse uh, because I we have to record at my desktop because <laughs> I apparently traveled back in time to the year 1998. I do not have a laptop. It's a really nice desktop. It is. I mean, I use it to play games. The games that I'm probably going to talk about some of today. Um, Speaking of that, though, what, what you been playing? What you been watching? Uh, I'll start with playing. I think the last time we talked was eons ago when we talked about watch lists and stuff that weren't Oscar related. Yeah. God. I think I had mentioned that I had started playing Celeste. Well, I beat Celeste. Okay. Um. Really surprisingly good story. Didn't know that it was going to have one. Um, it's about um, kind of the the feeling you get when you're in your mid-twenties and you feel directionless. Uh, that's the main character decided to just go climb a mountain uh, because they wanted to accomplish something. And so it kind of plays with that uh, <clears throat> kind of young wanderlust um, in a interesting way. I didn't think that like a Super Meat Boy type game would have a story to talk about but it does. Yeah, it's a really cool uh, gameplay from a point of view of somebody who knows more about games than most but way less than everybody else on the podcast. Uh, I really dig the like, less is more indie games yeah. that are coming out. Yeah. If you rotate back to that style, I feel like that style, that style of gameplay, it can be so much better now than it was 30 years ago. Right. You know what I mean? And it is. Yeah. I really mean, fun to watch you play and really hard too. Yeah, because each each little frame is is its own puzzle, and you once you figure out the mechanics that you need to utilize to get through from A to B, then it's just a matter of execution. Right. Um, whereas in those like old games, it was never about you know figuring out the puzzle and then executing, or about executing after you figure out the puzzle. If you had one of those pieces, then you'd be fine. Right. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Celeste is really great. I uh, had a great time with it. I'm not really tackling the B-sides yet because I moved on. Just because there's a bunch of cool indie games coming out. So the next one that I'm playing, I know you've seen a little bit of it, is Into the Breach. Which is a game made by the developers of FTL. Which is now on like every video gaming device possible. Um, but it's it's that was like a turn-based... Not really turn-based. It was like a systems management like spaceship combat game and it was like really uh simple idea but steep learning curve yeah 
Likewise, Into the Breach is you control three mechs and you kill bugs. Um, you're defending a city while you do it, and you need to do enough damage to kill them so they don't attack your buildings, or uh, you need to push them out of the way so that they're not attacking a uh, building. And it's grid-based, kind of a strategy game. Yeah, it looks kind of like a super advanced tower defense sort of deal. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, in the same vein as a lot of tactics games like that, where there's just like, it's a grid. You know, the enemy's attacks are telegraphed, so it's all about reacting to that. Right. Um, you can reset the turn once, the, the entire turn, which is nice because you can have this plan in your head of how you're going to move around and attack because, you know, some of your mechs can only punch, like, in the squares immediately around them. Some of them can't attack in that but can attack in straight lines, like, forever. Yeah. And then some just have, like, weird abilities. Like, I just unlocked one that can swap spots with an alien or with a, a mech. Okay. So you can, like, mess with the positioning. Yeah, so that aspect seems like super... Super tower defense. Yeah. But there's just more to it than the fact that you can move them. They're not towers. Yeah. Which is a, a fun little add-on to yeah. that style of game. But so it's fun. It's really hard. Um, I'm surprised. I'm hearing a lot on gaming podcasts that people are like playing it on easy. And I'm not just trying to, you know, toot my own toot horn. <laughs> horn dick. Um, but uh, I'm playing on normal. And I've beaten it with... I think six of the ten mech teams. Um, so I'm probably going to just finish it out because th- they're all completely different. Sure. You know, one of them is like a bunch of flamethrowers and like fire damage and that's how you kill the bugs. One of them is like, you know, it's really low offense but really high defense because at any point you can freeze any of your mechs which shields them for one point of damage. So can you like mix and match you, can you like create any team you want, essentially? You can, and it's something you unlock kind of later. Well, it's more useful when you unlock it later, because you can't, like, mixing and matching between two teams is, you can do that, but it's less fun. Uh, um, but you can make a custom squad of any three that you've unlocked so far. But my favorite thing that you can do is, <laughs> uh, you can also do a random squad, nice. which just gives you three random ones. And normally it's balanced, where it'll give you one, they're called prime mechs, which are your main damage dealers, kind of like medium movement. Yeah. Uh, one, like, tank-style mech, and then one, either, like, artillery or, like, science, like the swapping guy. So, like, range, short range, and medium, kind of? Yeah. Well, more like range, uh, like, long range, short range, and then, like, tech. Um, kind of like a specialist position. Yeah. Uh, so, you, so, if you roll, it'll give you one of each in those categories, or there's an option for chaos roll. And not only will it give you just three random ones, regardless of what position they normally fit in, but it can give you duplicates, which you can't do in a custom squad. Oh, neat. Uh, or you might be able to. I haven't really messed with the custom squads. So I did a chaos roll one. It was a lot of fun because I had two guys who all they can do is toss people behind them. <laughs> <laughs> and then one guy who's like an artillery. So I was just running around the map. I couldn't kill fucking anything. But I was just like launching them over my shoulder, like bumping them in other bugs. Yeah. But, it's neat. No, I mean, that's, that was always the fun part about... Uh, I played a lot of tower defense games. Like when the iPhone first came out, it was like the best mobile game that yeah. you could play then. Uh, me and you both played Bloons. Mm-hmm. I know. It's super addicting. Um, but that was the fun thing is like, once you beat it, trying to beat it without whatever, yeah. some crazy <clears throat> tower. And there's, there's built-in achievements, and that's how you get currency to unlock new squads. <clears throat> so... For the one team where your prime mech has a, a an electric whip, 
which will damage anything as long as it's adjacent to whatever you're attacking. So you can set up this long chain. But it's called the Blitzkrieg team. And there's an achievement where if you beat two islands, so like if you beat half the game in under 30 minutes, you get an achievement and you get like part some of the currency to unlock new stuff. So there's built-in challenges per team nice. also. But... Yeah. Anything else? Not really. Um, I dove back into Hearthstone pretty hard this past week. Nice. Randomly. Yeah. Um, I did a really like deep arena run. Uh, deep for me anyway. I got like eight or nine wins. Uh, I showed you some of that deck last yeah. weekend. But uh, then I went on an insane streak with one deck in standard mode. Uh, 20 in a row before I lost. Wow. Yeah, I got all the way up. To, I went from 25 to 11. Wow. I'll drop back down to like 17 now. <laughs> with one deck, which was the crazy part. Yeah. Because normally, like, all those decks are, uh, if you don't play Hearthstone, it's, there's always an answer to yeah. any created deck. And normally you'll run into it eventually. But uh, this was a Shaman Elemental deck, which is pretty much like constantly, if you if you curve out and you can play each turn, yeah, and you are always playing Elementals, it's really hard to lose. Yeah. And, uh... Is that the one that uses, like, the, if one of your cards dies, resummon it? Does it use that? Or is it just, like... No, this is Elementals. So don't use any of those newer ones. These are all cards that have been out for over a year. Yeah. But uh, the big one is... the One of the best cards in Hearthstone is one of the oldest ones. It's uh, Fire Elemental. The yeah. The 6-5 deal 3 damage. Uh, but then you have, on top of that, that's a 6-mana card, and it curves right into the Blaze Caller. It's a 7-mana, 6-6, deal 5 damage. Yeah. Which curves into Invocation, which is the dumbest card. Yeah, basically the kill everything. 7-7 seven, seven with, like, options, like, deal a bunch of damage yeah. to the other guy, or heal yourself up. But, yeah, I did that. I lost today, actually, on my, my lunch break at work. <laughs> so I was real upset. But, uh, yeah, it's fun. Cool. Well, we'll we'll jump what I watched. Did you, have you been watching anything? Uh, no, I mean, I've watched, it probably would be better suited to talk about, um, in the latter half. I've watched, <laughs> yeah, because, uh, I watched the first two seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when season three was airing. Okay. And finished that and then stopped. Right. For what is now three or four years. And, uh, read all about the first two seasons, kind of forgotten a lot of it, and I started watching it again. It's not great, but it's... It's fine. It's great to leave on a computer when I'm not working. Right. And do other stuff. Yeah. But it's, I mean, you know, you get a little, you know, when they talk about Thor, you're like, hey, Thor. <laughs> I know him from movies. I remember, the, I remember the first season being a little irritated, though, because they, I felt like they didn't have their contract language all, like, hammered out, because they keep calling Hulk the big green guy, and they never call him Hulk, and they never talk about, like, the Kree invasion or the Avengers. They just say, like, well, remember what happened in New York last year. Yeah. They still kind of mention it in that way now. Yeah. Um, but, like, Colby Smulders, I think, is in one of the first two seasons. Um, and it all centers around Agent Coulson, who dies in the first Avengers movie. Yes. So, it's, uh, it's, it's fun. And, I mean, the completionist I am, it's, you know, it is what it is. But I've really been watching tons of MCU movies. And then we had a movie trivia game that I went and played and won, of course, with yeah. Brent. Obviously. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so I rewatched Jurassic Park right before that because of our greatest fear in life <laughs> is missing a Jurassic Park trivia question. 
But happy to say it was still a fast start movie. Good. <laughs> it was the first time I've watched it since I've been on Letterboxd, so I got to review Jurassic Park. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's all I've been watching. What about, what about you? I've got a... Um... By the way, I'm taking a break from Oscars. That's why I'm not watching any movies. Yeah. I got I got movied out. We'll talk about the Oscars in a little bit, but... Yeah, I... I the, the three movies that I watched, I watched probably Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday after the Oscars. Because there are three movies that I'd kind of been eyeing but weren't nominated for anything, so watching anything else felt like a waste of time. Yeah. Even though I physically couldn't find or go to go see any of the Oscar movies. Yeah, we, we both ended up for short, by the way. Yeah. Like Fantastic Woman, The Insult, Loveless, and All the Money in the World. Right. Um, but, so yeah, so these three movies. So the first one I've been talking about, how I want to watch it, I finally watched it, is Good Time. Yeah, I still haven't seen it, but you, you liked it, yeah? I really did like it. It's, um... You know, a, <clears throat> it's not a super ambitious movie. It is uh, Robert Pattinson's brother uh, gets arrested for a job they pulled together. And he spends most of the movie trying to get the cash together to have his kind of crooked lawyer call in a favor and bail him out. So not a new story. No, not a new story. And, I mean, it's pitched as a heist movie, but the heist is over in the first, like... You know, five minutes. Right. But it's it's everything that happens after that because it's 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 essentially a continuous timeline. It doesn't really jump at all. Okay. Um, which is neat. Um, I always, I don't want to say prefer that, but yeah. it's always fun when that happens. I mean, Bushwick did it, but to an irritating extent, where they literally didn't progress the plot. <laughs> like nobody slept; it just like kept going. Um, <clears throat> and this, you know, it, it, it definitely jumps, but uh, it's all within like twenty four hours after his brother gets arrested. Um, but it's really good. Robert Pattinson is great in it. Uh, I understand why he got a lot of love from more independent award studios, uh, award groups. Yeah, where do you think he, like on your list, ranks and just like actors that age, like with the Michael B. Jordans and the, you know, not Timothy Chalamet, he's too young, but right. that, like late 20s, early 30s. Is he like kind of as good as it gets right now for that age is he that good he's been really good in the past few things I've seen him in yeah I mean he was great in Lost City of Z yeah he was really good um, he was really good in this you know I, I I do think he's got this cross that he is forced to bear you know it's like, he's not the thing that's bad about the Twilight movies like his acting isn't the bad part of the Twilight movies the Twilight movies are just written really poorly and No, like, like soap operas for movies yeah like bad. no one can really excel in those roles right. but like you know Taylor Lautner is a great comedic actor like yeah. uh, you know Lip Biter is was in one of Brent's favorite movies this year what the fuck's her name uh, Chris Stewart I mean yeah, she's, Chris she's Stewart, good yeah. uh, shit personal shopper yeah I didn't love the movie but she was she was great in it yeah Twilight I think really stunted his career trajectory in the same way that, like, and it sounds ridiculous saying that about, like, Daniel Radcliffe, but, like, it really did for him, too. It was probably really hard for him to get roles that weren't, he probably had to swat away so many kids' scripts. Yeah. When he wanted to do, like, weird shit, like, Equus, and, right. like, show his dong on stage in, right. like, a theater in London. Yeah. Um, he's good. I mean, he's the, he's the best out of that Harry Potter trio. I've seen movies with all the minute. The other two just aren't that good. Rupert Grant's okay. Yeah. But, Emma Watson's. Not great. No, she's not. <laughs> the circle was fucking terrible. She was really bad in it. Yeah. 
Um, another movie that I watched that you guys talked about, so I won't talk about it that much, is uh, Logan Lucky. Oh, you watched it? Yeah. It's fucking hilarious, isn't it? Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's it's that strange Coen Brothers comedy. Yeah. Like, not a Coen Brothers movie. Right. It's a... Uh, I love that. Except, like, it's weird because the Logan Brothers are actually really good at what, everything they set out to do. Like, they're really coordinated. Yeah. And... When they do the Ocean's Eleven moment at the end, which is kind of eye rolly but fine, right? Um, where it shows all the things that he did perfectly, right? Um, it's it's like they're they're actually geniuses. Um, you know, I think that that it plays on people's perception of Southerners not being able to be smart, right? Um, because they're surrounded by idiots, so it makes sense, <laughs> and that's you know the perception. But it's good. It's funny. Yeah, um, I mean, all three of those people are. Fantastic at it too. Daniel Craig was great. Yeah. Uh, Adam Driver, not shockingly, was amazing. Yep. And Chan uh, Tatum keeps knocking him out, man. Yeah. He's uh, he's turning into something. He's really good. Yeah. In the movie there. Um, and then surprise, Hillary Swank. Yeah. And uh, my boy, Mickey Blair. Yeah. This <laughs> is one of the the FBI detectives. Um, I still think it's got the funniest bit of 2017 though. The Game of Thrones joke. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> that really is funny. I, it was weird. I thought that that awful Seth MacFarlane impression, like, got in the way. And uh, it, yeah. It's not just, like, my dislike of Seth MacFarlane. That was a bad accent. Yeah. And I, I get what he was trying to do. i just not a fan. Yeah. I watched another movie. I was supposed to segue to it after talking about Good Time. <laughs> uh, because it's similar in title. And it's got young people in it. Called Super Dark Times. Uh, this is, uh, showed up on, um, Just Watch as, like, a really highly rated movie on both IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes, so I was like, okay, cool, like, I'll check this out. Um, but it's about, like, kids being kids, being bored in suburbs, and they, um, you know, go raid one of their older brother's rooms who's off in the military, um, and they find, like, a sword, and they think, like, oh, cool, a sword, let's, like, play with it in the woods, and one of the kids ends up dying. Um, and it's all about kind of the mental degradation around the two other boys. There was a third, but he kind of does not really matter. Yeah. Um, and them trying to keep this a secret because they're, you know, stupid 15 year old kids. And they think that this kid who accidentally killed himself with a sword that like, they're going to go to jail if they tell anyone about it. Sounds fun. Yeah, it is. It's, um. It's really weird. Um, it does a lot. Um, it, it plays a lot on the viewer's perception because it deals with like insomnia and like the night terrors caused by uh, the incident that, that they witnessed. Yeah. And <clears throat> yeah, surprising little movie. I don't really recognize anyone in it. Um, you know, somebody's name is Elizabeth Cappuccino, which is great. <laughs> um, but you know, yeah. I, I'm sure David would be able to recognize these people, but. He ain't fucking here. Not here. So, it's it's acted really well. Yeah. So that's what I watched. I didn't really watch a lot of TV. You know, there's reality stuff that I would cover if it was. Yeah, Survivor. There's not a lot to talk about yet. We'll wait till the group, the gang gets together for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, like, once again, someone who thought they had control of the game way before anyone ever has control of the game. Just don't say that. Yeah. Like, if anybody that's listening ever gets on Survivor. Don't, like, try to take control when there's 20 people in the game. Yeah, because you know what the producers are going to do is whenever they take your confessional where you go, 
I'm worried about some of these tribal councils, but this one I feel pretty good about. That's the episode you go home. <laughs> and they're going to re-air that footage, and you're going to look like a fucking idiot. Nice. Um, but then, you know, the challenge is the challenge. There's stupid stuff going on. There's a big thing about bullying. That's like the campaign of TJ Lavin. Some girl got bullied. So they took money from some of the competitors who were bullying her, and then she left the show voluntarily because she didn't want to be around bullies anymore. But, like, the show promotes bullying. Yeah. Like, all the time. Right. Um, but for some reason, they took a stand on this. I don't. I don't know. Um, I think. I think maybe it was because it's contractual. Because this is one of the people they brought in from a show from the UK. So maybe they didn't want the bad word of mouth that whenever they try and reach out to other shows that their you know reality people get treated poorly on the challenge. But yeah, it's it's a fucking mystery to me why all of a sudden he's putting his foot down. Huh. It's the same thing that we went through last season when you know one of the cast members went on this like racist like tirade right. and wasn't immediately thrown off the show right. and you know MTV had it's little like bumper commercial at the end it's like no one should be a victim of racism if you or anyone you know like call this number like and they think that exonerates them yeah, for, for then eventually giving her $250,000 right like whatever they, should, they they all probably have a morality clause in their contract they just chose not to exercise it because she's good for ratings because she gets drunk and she fist fights people yep what going back to when it was real world road rules that's what it was all about yeah um yeah I've got one more kind of interesting thing it's kind of a gray area on the podcast it always has been but uh don't you say books not books books <laughs> is not a gray area we don't do books we are anti-books here although everybody should read but we're just not going to talk about them <laughs> yeah um but no podcast um I like a year ago got in with David's not recommendation just as such, like telling me that they exist <laughs> got me excited in a fictional podcast mm-hmm. which are a bizarre medium and I've listened to uh, a couple that I've quit on them uh, the Black Tapes is one that got really boring and formulaic mm-hmm. and once I caught up uh, I really binge podcasts I love doing that and there are a few podcasts that I'll listen to week to week but uh, once I have to wait this one airs every two weeks I'm not I'm going to lose interest really quick. Mm-hmm. But Panoply, P-A-N-O-P-L-Y, has done two sets of eight episode, 30 minute each. Uh, they're not really fictional podcasts. They're just kind of like radio plays. Hmm. One's okay. called The Message. Five out of ten. It's pretty good. It's about uh, the government admits that back in the 40s they have received an alien message pretty much. Hmm. And they can't find any government teams that have tried to break the code can't do it. And they kind of put it out in the public. And like... Anybody who can decode it, we want to know what it says. Cool. So that's that's kind of interesting. But the one I'm listening to sounds now... Like, sounds like, like you, you know about numbers stations? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, it's similar to that. Cool. Uh, but the one I'm listening to now is one of the best things I've ever listened to, uh, podcast-wise. It's amazing. It's called Life After. It is about a man who works for the FBI mm-hmm. in their social media division. Not like PR, but... Right. Look, researching social yeah. media accounts for shit. Right. And... Uh, setting is him eight months after his wife dies in a car crash and there's this uh, social media site called shit, uh, Thinktree I think and it's essentially Facebook but everything's a recorded voice message okay you post you get 30 seconds say whatever you want to say and his whole thing is like constantly listening to his wife's profile okay and uh, essentially he gets 
one day he wakes up, his profile's gone, he calls the place, freaks out because his wife's profile's gone. And yeah. He's kind of like manic and a little insane. This is literally all he does every day is listen yeah. to his wife's profile. Uh, and then she talks to him in real time hmm. after that. <clears throat> and it's like having a conversation with him. And, it, and pretty quickly you realize it's a, a organization that is doing this and blackmailing people, saying, like, I'll take your wife away if... You okay, and the, you realize really quick it's not actually his wife. It's not a ghost. It's like te- technology heaven. Hmm. It's really, really. Feels so like a thing. ghost in the machine kind of thing. Kind of. Okay. It's but it's really, really well done. Really hmm. cool. Ten. This one's ten episodes. All of them are under thirty minutes. But uh, I listened to the whole thing in two days. Nice. Did you ever watch the uh, episode of Black Mirror San Junipero? No, we've not. It's the next one on our list, and I know uh, we've both been looking forward to it, Cass and I, because it is. Number one on every list I've seen. Yeah, it's also like uplifting in a way that <laughs> none of the other ones are. No, yeah, first three seasons of Black Mirror, like there's not a positive point to them. Speaking of Daniel Kaluuya, uh, the 15 million points yeah. episode, Kelly, after we watched the Oscars, was uh, you know talking about like how a young actor, or whatever, and it's like was that was get out one of the first things he did, and it was like well, kind of, um, you know, Charlie Brooker. Uh, loved him in some play then he did Black Mirror and then Jordan Peele loved him in Black Mirror yeah um, she's like oh I should watch that episode it's like it's so hard when someone says I should watch X episode of Black Mirror to be like yes you should yeah cause like I'm not sadistic and I'm not trying to do mean things to people <laughs> the worst one was the uh, the one where they sentenced the lady to have to like run from she kills the girl, or helps her husband kill the little girl, and her punishment is, like, running away from all these masked people trying to kill her, and she oh. gets to the end. You haven't seen that? No. Oh, sorry. It's, in, it's, it's in, fine. It's in season two, but yeah, the whole plot is, like, she's running from these people wearing, like, animal masks, kind of like in Who's Next, yeah. or maybe, and uh, you think they're trying to kill her, but they're all people who have paid to go be part of this experience where they can chase murderers down, and at the end, they're like... She's strapped to a chair in front of a live studio audience, and they erase her memory, and she has to do it all over again. And that's her jail is doing that every day. Wow, it's just like, well, fuck, that <laughs> sucks. And like at the end, it's like, well, she's bad. You see this video of her burning this little girl alive, so you get why you feel better now. And it's like, no, yeah. <laughs> There's um. So then you don't feel better. Yeah. So we we jump around with Black Mirror because if we sit down and we decide we're gonna watch an episode of Black Mirror. It's never like, well, let's just like inflict whatever's next upon ourselves. We always like take a look to see like what the description yeah. is, and then like decide whether to do it or not. Yeah, we binged the first season, the first six episodes, one day, and I probably fought that night. <laughs> it's in such bad moods. <laughs> but yeah, people have told me how bad season one, episode one of Black Mirror is. They're like, oh, don't start with that one. So I'm just like never gonna watch it. It's, it's the only episode I've watched that I legitimately didn't like. Yeah, but yeah, it's. It's something that, I mean, that makes sense with Jordan Peele, too. He's such, like, a student of Hitchcock. Yeah. Twilight Zone. Loves horror stuff. movies yeah. and suspense and stuff. Yeah. So, fun. Yeah. But, um, you know, I wish I could go straight into Oscars, but I want to jump in in the way uh, of news and say that I'm super excited about... Yeah, super Smash Brothers. Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. They had a, a great bait and switch. They had a Nintendo Direct yesterday, and they're like... They did this weird. Did you watch any of the any of it? A little bit today. I watched. Did the, you watch I watched the Super Smash Brothers like thing. Did you real. watch the weird Splatoon two thing before they said like, oh, and we've got one more announcement? No, I, I started with like one more announcement. Okay, and everybody, you could like feel the yeah shift. 
So like they had done this like this like Splatoon two lead in, or not lead in, but this feature for like it's the majority of the of the the press release, and it's like and then they do this bizarre thing where Yolandi from D Antwerd is singing this song that sounds like they added like fish bubble sound effects to, and they there's you know because they're all they're called Inklings they're squid kids, uh-huh. um, but this one's an octopus and she's kind of like it looks like they're trying. It looks like they're trying to make her like a sexy little girl, which is fucking weird. It is weird. And but she's like an octopus. I don't know. It's strange. And so it ends, and it's like, okay, well, that was it. Like that kind of sucks. And they say one more announcement, and it cuts to more inkling bullshit. And I was just like yelling at you, like, <laughs> like I don't fucking care about Splatoon. I don't fucking care about Splatoon. And then they showed the Smash logo, which was really cool. Nice. I'm excited. Hopefully, they have uh, more information at E3, um, which is just around the bend. In yeah. like two months from E3, nice. which is crazy to think about. Yeah, um, like it was a long ago. Also, since you mentioned the ant word, watch Chappie. If you haven't, everybody. <laughs> Chappie was amazing. <laughs> Any chance I get, watch Chappie. I watched like the first part of it when you were on your last big like watch Chappie kick. Yeah. And I just, I don't know if I had something to do, or Kelly yeah. got home and was like, what the fuck are you watching? And I was like, oh, nothing. Not Chappie. <laughs> <laughs> Turned it off really embarrassingly like I was watching porn. <laughs> Um, and normally we would save Oscars for Brent or David, but this was kind of a boring Oscar cast. Yeah. Not a lot going on. Everything kind of played out the way everybody thought it would. Um, we'll, we'll probably have them so that we can talk about how we did as a podcast. Yeah. We don't have that up in front of us. news from it. Wasn't a lot there, but I'm super happy Blade Runner got acknowledged. Yeah. Roger Deakins won his cinematography. Deakins won. That was a uh, big news, but all the acting Oscars went the same way. Dude, I, the, this is the first time that all four acting awards were won by the same four people for the entire award season. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, it was wild. Yeah. Um, the first time since I've been doing this hard, which is four years maybe, that all five of the, the, the big five awards are technically now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight awards, both writing all the acting, director, and big picture, but they all went with the odds. Yeah. One of them. Yeah. Um, no upsets there. The only upsets were outside of short films, which are not upsets because nobody actually knows what the hell's going on there. Yeah. But uh, was Blade Runner upset War for Planet of the Apes for visual effects, which we all thought it deserved over War for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, and it wasn't a huge upset. It was like a 60-40. Right. Um, and there was one more documentary. Faces Places was yeah. a heavy favorite there. Yeah, it cleaned up uh, all the award shows prior, and then... And, uh, Icarus took it down. Yeah. Which, uh, I think it was our Oscar yep. pick. That was the... Was it, was it my pick? But it was your and David's, I think. Yeah, I forgot where... Oh, yeah. No. No, no. no it was Faces it was Places. Faces Places. They both took Faces Places. I took Strong Island. You took Icarus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the when we watched the Oscars live, obviously... The best ballot for the Oscars belonged to Al, friend of the show. First time taking that down. I think it's been... He got 21 out of 24 awards, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Almost my record from like four years ago. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just been David and I mm-hmm. for the past three years. And uh, yeah, Al had a really, really strong ballot. Yeah, I'm used to just donating a dollar to you or David, but... Yeah, I didn't do that well. I lost to Brent. Um, even, I think. Or are we tied? No. Uh, I, I changed it last minute from... Right. I went on a limb and picked Get Out for Best Picture at the last minute. Yeah. Um, 
probably thought Chippewater was going to win, but I was kind of hoping. Yeah, I did the same thing. I, I, I swapped to Call Me By Your Name. Yeah, it had buzz late. Too. Based on the red carpet alone. And because, like, that, it was a fun heart pick. Um, which well, is that's, what, yeah. All is, these fucking talking heads think they know what they're talking about, including us. Yeah. They never do. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were, you know, after last year, it was, we should have known it was Moonlight. That was the movie everybody was talking about leading up to the Oscars. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, this year it was definitely called by your name. Every person in Hollywood loves that movie. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we don't know where it placed, but, you know, Shape of Water probably got it in three or four rounds, I'm guessing. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, and Shape of Water was maybe the best, like, all-around movie when you start taking in technical aspects of it, but yeah, that isn't how they've gone in the past, so why the hell would I know to pick that now? Right. That was, so, that was my big gripe of the Mad Max Fury Road year. Right. Was like... You know, it had the least amount of acting with the most amount of everything else, and it didn't get a seat at the table. And Shape of Water had, I mean, in its defense, had a little bit of everything. Yeah, that's what I, that's what yeah. I was going to say, is that, like, and then the winner of the year of Mad Max Fury Road was... Spotlight? Spotlight, which is the opposite. It's not a lot of everything else, but it's, it's a lot of acting. A lot of acting. Great writing. screenwriting. Yeah. Um, whereas this is, like, it's at least a B plus, A minus in everything. Yeah. And it's not that the Oscars awards the best average movie of the field, but sometimes that's how preferential ballot will shake out. Yeah, and I, I thought it was gonna—I thought it was gonna offend more people. Yeah, I just figured it. Figured it would. There's there's some really—I mean, not to bring stupid Facebook arguments into this, but you know, that are out there, and we can't avoid them. <laughs> they don't happen on our page. Thanks for being sensible. Right. Um, but people who are complaining that. Uh, like shape of water, like it's it's so unrelatable. And I mean, it's, it's like, sci-fi. It's the first sci-fi. It's definitely science fiction, right? Would you agree with that? Yes. And it, if that is the case, it is by far the only science fiction film that's ever won Best Picture. So it's going to be unrelatable, right? In some sense. But but I also I have such a problem with people who are unable to see movies as allegories. Yeah. Like. Sure. Like no one is asking you to put yourself in the shoes of a fish monster, especially one where the protagonist tells you the allegory right an hour and a half into the movie yeah like where, he where, doesn't know I'm broken yeah like or where Richard Jenkins sits looking at you know the the creature yeah and like tells him like you're different we're both different we're all outsiders we really do need to stick together right. like I thought that Sam Jackson from Don't Be a Man was gonna pop up and go message cause like <laughs> so then people walk away and go like ooh stupid fish movie it's like yeah. No, it's the it's all the other characters and not the fish right. there as much. It's it's irrelevant who she a, falls in love it's with. It's a black woman cussing out her husband in the fifties. Yeah. When that wasn't the norm. And it's a gay man coming on to other men in public. Yeah. And a and a mute working yeah. in government. Right. Like, <laughs> like Yeah, it's all all bizarre. But all in all, like still super happy with who took home a lot of the awards. Jordan Pill got an Oscar. Yep. Which is awesome. Uh the writing and call me by your name was awarded, which I thought was uh you know, along with Chalamet and Stolberg and Hammer, a high point of that movie yeah. was the dialogue. Uh, and then I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of all four people that won acting Oscars. Uh, big fan of Francis McDormand and uh, Sam Rockwell, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to... And all four of their performances were deserved, I thought. I mean, I loved Allison Janney. And West Wing's my favorite show of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just... Good. Love yeah. seeing Guillermo del Toro get a statue. Love him. So. Yeah, it's very, very. Uh, I've been describing it as a very democratic Oscars because it, 
you know, no movie won more than four awards. Yeah, it felt kind of vanilla at times. But, like, also, well, I think you said it that night, like, this was Oscars on their best behavior, and it was, and it was boring because of that. Yeah. You know, even, even, even Jimmy seemed a little blunted. I mean, also, they had their biggest Oscar snafu of all time happen a year ago. Right. That mixed with the Me Too thing, they're not going to step on toes, and I get that. Yeah. I do love the image, though, of Guillermo after winning Best Picture, like, taking the envelope from Warren Beatty. And like like double checking yeah, it's yeah, in shape yeah. of water. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there wasn't any. Um, there was you know all of the sexual assault, you know like kicking monsters to the curb jokes that you would want. Um, yeah, wasn't that many of them? Wasn't that many? Uh, it it was it was inoffensive in a way that is probably great for you know your fifty, sixty, seventy plus age group. But not not super exciting or entertaining. Otherwise, I think Frances McDormand kind of won the night uh, with her inclusion writers. It's the thing we're gonna start seeing more. Uh, Michael E. Jordan came out and said he was uh, not gonna be on part of any project that didn't have inclusion writers in the future. Hmm. Which is, I mean, he's a he's a bona fide superstar. So yeah, if more people like him start doing it. It's definitely something that we'll look out for. And talk about in the future. I don't know. It's, uh, it's a weird time in Hollywood. People are going to get mad about it. Um, uh, the same way that people get mad about affirmative action. But right. they're not going to notice a difference, in, a dip in quality. Like, that's never been the problem. Because there's, there's never been, like, a, a lack of talent. Right. It's just, you know, Hollywood is... Whenever you hear anyone talk about how they made it big, they talk about the luck aspect to it. And the luck aspect to it is who you know and who's willing to give you a chance. Right. And if you don't know anyone to give you a chance, then, you, you know, the Oscars skews so white because Hollywood skews so white. It's, yeah, and there was, you know, until 40 years ago, it was all white people out there. Yeah. Like, I mean, not making excuses at all, but I mean, it's just it's kind of what it was. I mean, I, I think my favorite part of the... Uh, Oscar ceremony was probably a pre-recorded bit with Kabil Johnny. Uh, I thought he described it perfect. Like some of my favorite movies are only like like Glengarry Glen Ross, like a bunch of straight white dudes, and I had to enjoy that. And now you just have to enjoy this. So like deal with it because I did. Yeah, I, it's I, like yeah, exactly. Like it doesn't fucking matter. Black Panther is going to be super fucking entertaining when I get around to see it, and it doesn't matter if they're black or white. It just doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, little white kids are going to see Black Panther and they're going to go awesome. Yeah, I want to be like Black Panther. Yeah. You know, in a way that that you know, some people haven't been able to do when there there wasn't enough representation. Yeah, just like I love Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. Like, just watch shit that you like and like it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> stop worrying about it. Yeah, um, and that seems like the the most the big thing is, and most of the people that are like not going to go see Black Panther aren't going to fuck go see Black Panther anyway. So I'm not right. There there are people who think that Black Panther was named after the activism movement. Right. <laughs> We think that that Stan Lee is a secret Malcolm X sympathizer. Yeah. Well, speaking of Black Panther. Yeah. So we didn't have homework because you know we didn't want to do it. We're not gonna have it next week either. I'm not. I'm not gonna put that on nobody. Oh yeah. <laughs> nah. We'll just chill, man. We'll figure it out next week. <laughs> we'll chill. So uh, we thought about this. Um, we thought about originally doing it closer to um, the release of uh, Infinity War. But because we have kind of a short staff today at the Media Bias headquarters, 
we figured, eh, why not? Let's let's talk about it now. TJ kind of intro to the top, but I had a little game which I'm calling a pop quiz because I'm being cute with names like homework, um, <clears throat> and we're going to do a prediction. We are each going to pick five people who we think are going to die in the movie Infinity War. They can die in the last minute of the movie. They can die in a big crowd. They can die and come back to life. I don't care. When, when the reels stop rolling, they're dead. Yes. As far as we know. Yes. By the time, by the, time the credits roll, how about that? They can come back to life in the end credits scene? Okay, sure. I mean, Nick Fury has come back into the picture after the yeah. credits roll. Many times. Um, but so, there's going to be... There's not really going to be spoilers about Black Panther. I've seen it. TJ hasn't. Um, but I am... But, like, there are characters from Black Panther in Infinity War. This is known to everyone who has seen trailers for it. Yes. So, if you have an aversion to that, you know, I'm not going to fucking timestamp this podcast. Maybe David will. Who knows? Um, but... Just he were forewarned that I'm not going to talk about anyone in particular dying or living in Black Panther, but if they're alive in Infinity War, you can make your assumptions. Yes. Yes. But anyway, do you want to take the first shot? Yeah, I'm going to take Nebula is dying. Nebula. I think they're going to kill somebody from Guardians of the Galaxy. And my initial pick is uh, the Destroyer. But I really don't want him to die, so I didn't pick him. Because <laughs> he was the funniest part of uh, Guardians 2 for me. Um, so, yeah, I went with Nebula. I don't know. I feel like that's a an easy story to tell. The kind of redemptive whatever. Um, she yeah. also, uh, not a big fan of Thanos. We know. She's Thanos' daughter. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd be interested to know if on what side of the ball Nebula dies on if she does. The Guardian side. If she if she tries to like make good with Thanos and then dies in like a double agent betrayal yeah. or what happens. But I'm also interested. I want Karen Gillan to be in more things though, so I don't want her to die. Yeah. So I'm not gonna pick her. Okay. Um what's your no particular order first pick? Uh I wanna pick um, there. I'm not going to talk about people who I don't think are going to die because that's a longer conversation. You know, I also don't want to like pick Thanos because I also think that's 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 the shakiest. Because yeah. you know, there could be some Spider-Man two, bu- not Spider-Man, some Superman two bullshit, and he can get banished to a cube in outer space. Right. Um, but someone. I could just pick the other side of the coin and pick Gamora. <laughs> no, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and uh, I'm gonna pick uh, Scott Lang, Ant Man. Nah, uh, I think that there is room for Ant Man for Paul Rudd to exit the franchise gracefully. Um. So. Oh, Ant Man and the Wasp isn't coming out before. It's coming it? after. It's coming after. But it's still, I mean, it's not impossible for it to be a... No, it's not happening. Never okay. mind. I'll take it back. <laughs> All right. Um, it's like, oh, that's like the one I wouldn't pick. <laughs> yeah. That's the one sure bet. Okay, then I'm, then I'm going to pick the person who's, who's... It's a it's a misleading inclusion in the trailer. I'm going to pick Rhodes. Rhodey. Don Cheadle's character. War right. Machine. Yep. 
Um, in the trailer, they show War Machine beat up and on the ground after getting shot down. But that's not from Infinity War. That's from, that's from Age of Ultron. Civil War. Civil War. Civil War. It's yeah. from Civil War. So Vision's fighting the Falcon. Yeah, but I, I still think they kill him off. Okay. Um, I think that we're going to see the end of his arc. You know, there's going to be a... An, an oh, Iron Man is... is piss Tony off good and well. Yeah, and that's and that, that's I think that's where my picks are going to go. It's going to go towards people who are going to be uh, fuel for our regular cast of heroes, you know, but not lame picks like Natalie Portman's character. Like no one's going to give a shit if she dies. Jane, right? right. Like, who cares? I think she's done. Yeah. Yeah. There but yeah. Uh, I'm going to take Loki, Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Uh, same kind of reason. And his is more of a complete redemp- redemption circle kind of thing. Uh, I've just rewatched Ragnarok after seeing it in the theater. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he straight up redeems himself in a huge way. He comes back when he just doesn't need to at all. Yeah. Um, saves the day. Saves Asgard, really. Yeah. Um, comes back with Krog in, like, that like cruise ship. Yeah, we have a boat. You want to go? Or we want to ride? You want to come? <laughs> God. Taika Waititi's the MVP of that movie and not just from directing. Yeah. His voice work is so good. But yeah, I can, I can see. And also, that's a little, uh, I'd call it inside knowledge if I actually had any, but I don't see Hiddleston lasting much longer in the MCU. It's interesting, too, because like Hiddleston has said that he was done playing the character of Loki, but I thought that was two movies ago. I feel like a lot of that was I'm done playing the character of Loki like I'm done playing Loki from Avengers. Do you think it, it like, was... Dumb. Yeah. You know. Do you think it was misdirection for what Loki became at the beginning of Ragnarok? How he is playing Odin? Maybe. That would have been a, a very long con for the actor. Yeah, it would have been. And I mean, he's only been in four, four movies now. Mm-hmm. So... It's all the Thor movies in the Avengers. Where I think he played the best MCU villain to date. Yeah. Um, but Thanos has got to get that stone somehow out of the staff. So We don't have the staff anymore. There's, oh, that's right. That's they, in Vision's head, isn't it? They gave it to... No. They gave it to um, the Collector. Oh. The Collector's got one. Um, let me just run through this real quick. The Collector has the one that was in Loki's staff. They have one, or they had one at Asgard. I don't know where the hell that one is now. Loki passes by it. Does he grab it? As he's going in Ragnarok, he goes to go get Surtur's helmet uh-huh. to start Ragnarok, and he passes by the Tesseract, which the the yeah, stone yeah, is yeah. in, and he does a double take. So I think that Loki may have it and be in it with that stone now. Okay. So there's one with the Collector, one there, one, Novacore has one, that yeah. the Guardians gave to them. One's in Vision's head, and uh, the other one I don't think we've seen, the purple one. Yeah. Oh, no, it's Do- Doctor Strange first. Right. That's where it is. I don't think Novacore Nova actually has that one. I think they kept it. I think that's that's another one of Peter Quill's. Isn't that in the, the end of Guardians 1? The end of Guardians 1, they give it to Novacore. But do they give them a fake, like an empty ball again? No, they were going to give it to the Collector, and then they decided they didn't want them in the same. They didn't want two so close together. Okay. Okay. Yes. 
Loki. Yeah, so I'm taking Loki for the redemptive story arc. It's kind of the same reason I'm taking Nebula. Cool. Um, hey, dog. We have a dog on, on the cast. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to be on the radio. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick uh, Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers is my next pick. So that checks out. Yeah, Steve Rogers is a guy. It's a long time coming. Not in a bad way. Just no. a, I feel like I've always known he was going to die. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of the iconic. I'm trying not to bring any outside knowledge in this, but it's impossible. Like, right. like that's it's also, it's also it could be useless. So. Right, yeah. The movies decide what they're going to do with characters, yeah. regardless of If you've seen Civil War, you can find it online. I don't suggest you do that. You should go buy it. But yeah, um, Civil War, comic book and the movie are, could not be more different. Right. Um, but I, you know, I think this is going to be the death of Captain America. Um, and either Bucky's going to take his place, or um we're gonna be captain america list because um, i think that would be a great next captain america movie would be whoever steps into the steve rogers uh, whoever steps behind the shield yeah um and uh what's his name who plays bucky sebastian Stan. yeah uh he's got a good foothold in now with itania i think we're like oh we can act and it would be a nice seamless he's starting to be more of a movie star than he was when the first avenger came out yeah um but I'm, that's kind of been the rumor behind mm-hmm. things that he was going to step in and be Captain America because technically there isn't one right now, right? But you also see the Black Panther say, you know, "Someone get this man a shield." Get this man a shield. So yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I'm with you on Steve Rogers. I feel like his time has come. Um, I kind of thought he was going to die when Civil War came out. So yeah, yeah. But I was wrong about that. <laughs> You want to take another pick? Sure. Um, I actually burned my dough. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hawkeye. They were going to lose Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, it's weird and it wasn't played in a lot, but at the end of, or in the middle of Age of Ultron, you meet his wife and kids, played by Linda Cardellini and some kids. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, it checks out. She pretty pretty much promises her, or he pretty much pretty much promises her that he's done, he's out. Yeah. Uh, not going to go back. And then, inexplicably, in the next movie, he comes back and is fighting with Steve Rogers and uh, Ant-Man and yeah. whoever else is on their side, Falcon. Yeah, and then, like all he does to justify it is go like, change your heart. Yeah. What? Okay. And I mean, it makes sense a little bit on that, which is why I don't love this pick. Because he was obviously living off the grid and was done and doesn't want to... Right. But he also wouldn't have to register, right? Like him and Black Widow aren't... Yeah, they're not... Well, they're Avengers. So for the purposes of the registration for the movie Civil War, it wasn't registration. It was that Avengers couldn't operate unless they were given authorization. Right. So he couldn't have been an Avenger... But I'm sure he could have like fought crime in his like neighborhood, yeah, like on his woods. farm, <laughs> yeah. fixed that tractor before it turned evil, like <laughs> right. But yeah, I, I, I feel like that would be the that's the one I picked where I would be the most heartbroken, and I can see that one too. Yeah, because you know <clears throat> he's also a person fighting a god, right? So, <laughs> well, that's kind of the that's kind of the you know 
the interesting thing from the trailer is Spider-Man, like, Spider-Man's like a 16-year-old kid fighting, you know, a god. And, like, that's, like, the trailer shows that really heavily. Um, right. My pick's not Spider-Man, although I think they could dovetail into the Miles Morales Spider-Man yeah. pretty easily. I just don't think they're going to throw Tom Holland away. No. Homecoming was so so well-received and yeah. made so much money. It's my favorite of the three that came out in 2017. Yeah, me too. Um, <clears throat> but So I'm going to pick someone from Black Panther. Um, in case you haven't seen the movie, not to give anything away, but T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther is flanked by three, like, strong women um, as his, like, fighting team. Uh-huh. Um, there's his love interest. Uh, there's his sister, uh, Princess Shuri. And then there's the general of... Kind of like the captain of the King's Guard in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Where it doesn't matter who's in charge. Like, that's who she's loyal to. Um, but so that's why I'm picking uh, a character's name's Okoye. Played by uh, Denai Guerrera. Shown from The Walking Dead. Sorry. Yes, um, she's fantastic in, in Black Panther, but um, there are going to be so many Wakandans in this movie because it looks like they're the foot soldiers um, to the resistance. Look like Bucky, Steve Rogers, Black Widow, and Hulk. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then the the rest of it is the entire like Wakandan army, right? Um, so they are going to be casualties on the Wakandan side. So it's kind of my 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 safe ish pick, All right? Um, but as far as star power, you know, Shuri really steals Black Panther, uh, Letitia Wright's character. Yeah. She's fucking fantastic. Nice. Um, and I think you start paring down uh, Chadwick Boseman's entourage a little bit um, with this. Cool. Yeah. This character, character, <laughs> kind of a minor one, but um, I don't see how he lives since he possesses an Infinity Stone. I don't think we'll ever see the brothers on screen alive. Was Benicio del Toro's collector is gonna die in this movie? Yeah, for sure. Like maybe in the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I also don't understand the utility of keeping Benicio del Toro as a character alive. Right. <laughs> like, like he almost got blown up in the first Guardians movie. <laughs> Yeah, and then as like a post credits thing, they like they show uh like his lab like blows up his collection blows up again in a post credits thing. Right. Like Yeah, but I, I just don't see he's either like Thanos' buddy, which I don't think Thanos wants buddies. Yeah. Um or he's gonna die and Thanos is gonna take that. Because I think he's got two in the trailer. I'm sorry if you're one of those not watch trailer people. <laughs> Bad podcast for you. Yeah. But uh yeah, I don't, I don't, he's already got that one, I feel like, so, maybe off screen, but the collector's not going to be alive. Or, like, the intro is going to be <laughs> the, the collector dying. Yeah, the collector dying. Um, likewise, I think I'm going to pick, uh, I don't know if this was your pick, but I'm going to pick Vision. Yeah, Vision's the, yeah, Vision's, like, Vision can also go back into being a computer, probably. Yeah, you know, bring back Jarvis, get rid of Friday. Right. Um, <clears throat> there's... I, I don't know the mythology or the comic book lore behind Vision. I know that he's created uh, as we know him now in the, as the result of Ultron trying to create a more perfect being. Right. Um, but I don't know how pivotal the stone is. Um, he definitely talks about that it's really important to who he is. Um, so I feel like if he doesn't have it, then he's either going to be A, less powerful, or B, die instantly. 
So, I think I think you, you I think Vision dies. Yeah, for sure. Um, and <laughs> and Paul Bettany is also like the weirdest plus one in this, and Vision is also the most like, oh, you're a god, right? Like the rest of you are superheroes. You know, Hulk is incredibly strong. Whatever you know, Thor is, you know, a god, but in the Marvel universe, they're not actually gods, right? Um, but like Paul Bettany is the perfect being. Like you, you gotta kill him. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of he's kind of broken. He's he's the Superman of this. Yeah, except Superman like things still impact him. Vision just phases through everything. Right. But somehow Hawkeye can snare him in traps still. So yeah. Thanos will find a way to get that stone and kill him. Yep. Anything else on that? I don't know. On this, I, I mean, mean there's, there's not a whole 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 lot to talk about. No, I think I mean I think there's there's still gonna be some fat trimming like um, you know John Favreau making cameos is happy. That's such a fifty fifty for me because yeah. I think the Iron kind Man's of the, involvement the kind of death. Yeah. yeah. Same with um, uh, you know it wouldn't surprise me if Linda Cardellini dies first and then Barton dies. Oh sure. Um, or even um, who am I thinking of? There's a. There's just a lot of wives and husbands and boyfriends and girlfriends who I think... Yeah, Pepper. Yeah, who I think might get killed to induce these people to, you know, fight recklessly um, or to fight heroically or band back together after the events of Civil War. Um, You know, certainly not as far as Bruce Banner, but I think that, you know, Bruce Banner being killed and leaving room for introduction of another Hulk or something. But they tried so hard to get a good Hulk. And yeah. like three tries, well, two tries technically, but three tries and they finally landed on one they liked. Right. One that was really good. Yeah. I, they're not going to fuck with that. No. But killing off Hawkeye is still perfect for Romanov because she's still going to be pissed because that's her buddy. Yeah, set up a good movie for her too if, if Hawkeye dies. Yeah. If Benedict Wong dies from Doctor Strange, like... You know, I don't think that the MCU fans are really going to shed a tear. Oh, yeah, you do have that character. I wonder who's going to be in this. Is it Chiwetel Ejiofor who plays it? The guy who ends up being bad at the end of Doctor Strange? Yeah, he's a bad guy at the end of Doctor Strange, but Wong is the... Yeah, uh, Wong's the good guy. The buddy, yeah. Librarian? librarian No, he's he's the guy who... uh, He's like the armorer. He's the guy who, like... Uh, That's right. He's there fighting with him at the end. Yeah. But yeah, you've got you've got the whole cast of the Doctor Strange people, but like no one really gives a shit if any of them die. So if they die, eh, who cares? Yeah. Like there haven't been enough movies to flush them out. But like if the Kobe Smulders character dies from, you know, the remnants of Shield, you know that's a little bit bigger of a deal. But it's still just like a, a an unattached human. I just realizing that like the entire cast of Spotlight is in the MCU now. <laughs> Rachel McAdams is in Doctor Strange, and Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. Michael Keaton was in Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. I only guess Leah Schreiber's in anything. He was uh Leah Schreiber was Sabretooth in the original X Men movie. Oh he was. That's right. So now that's part of the <laughs> the the Disney Marvel machine. Who else was in that? It was the uh Billy Crudup. Me and Brent played this game the other day on the phone. We were just trying to go back in time until we found five Best Picture winners that didn't have anybody from the MCU in them. And we ended up having to go to, like, 1977. Because <laughs> it's like, uh, it wasn't MCU, it was uh, Marvel movies. Yeah. It was, like, Willem Dafoe's in, like, every 1980s Best Picture winner. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to. I mean, I look forward to all these movies. They're fun. And then like, I took Cassie and we went to see Ragnarok, and she loved it, and she had, she didn't follow along. Yeah, Ragnarok's also a weird animal. Yes, so with all this. Yeah, it's like it's the the eleven o'clock from the live action shorts. The I don't know year. how to rate it. If yeah, I'm ranking these movies, it was hilarious. Yeah, and really good. Is it a good superhero movie? Not really that sure. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. There are cool movement like m- like scenes in it, but really, it's all like to the soundtrack of Led Zeppelin, which is a strange thing. Yeah. Uh, Man, uh, I did hear something weird the other day. The I know him from work line. Yeah, that was popular in the trailers. Makes totally believable when you hear it. But it was a. Uh, did you hear how they got that line? Mm-mm. There was a Make a Wish kid that day on set. Yeah, and that's what he wanted to like. Take him a TV. Asked him what he wanted him to see the Hulk when he saw him. He was like, "Tell him he knows him from work." And I was like, "Oh, that is something a kid would say." <laughs> <laughs> and it works so good. <laughs> that's kind of perfect. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Um, it's. I would like to see, and the reason why I got all macabre with it is, I would like to see some storylines draw to a close, and make room. I think that Falcon feels so like, like half-heartedly introduced, because there's not a lot of room for stars right now. Yeah. Um, and and you, that's why you see those those kind of characters popping up in movies where it doesn't feel like they should be, like Falcon and Ant Man. Right. Um, um, but yeah, you know, I don't know. It was it was nice that. Uh, for Civil War, Hulk kind of stepped aside for a movie because you know you can't really have a fair fight with all those people with Hulk there and not Thor. And likewise, it's just it's 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 interesting. Which do those two movies happen in parallel timelines? They happen at the same time. No, Thor is in Asgard during Civil War. Because he leaves during Ultron. Yeah, he's gone. Him I'm and, saying, do Civil War and Ragnarok happen at the same time? Uh, no. Huh. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I think they could. I think it's possible, but I think there's a dialogue from Romanoff on the TV. I think you realize that Hulk's been Hulk longer than Civil War was. Ah, he's been champion for a really long time in right. Ragnarok. Okay, yep, you're right. Um, but anyway, I'm excited about it. Uh, the same way that I would be about any, the same way I'm excited about Ant-Man and Wasp and what else is coming out this year? Oh, Black Panther already came out. That's, oh, yeah. that's the third one. <laughs> what have we been talking about this whole time? Yeah, so three this year. Next year you get Captain Marvel, the other Xfinity movie, and... Xfinity. <laughs> you said Xfinity movie. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other Avengers movie, and then uh, Spider-Man Homecoming sequels next year as well. Yeah. Um, and then on slate is Guardians Volume 3 2020. And we know they're doing a Black Widow standalone finally. Yeah. It's, it's released. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's, they don't have dates for it yet, but. Yeah. Should, we know how much she's getting paid. So. So that means that it's, it's probably happening. Right. Um, yeah. January 2018. Hired write the script for Black Widow. Um, yeah, and there's there's rumors uh, that there's going to be a standalone Nick Fury movie, but that's all you know, smoke. You almost made my list of death. How many times is he going to die? I don't know, man. Yeah. But, uh, anyway. Yeah. That's our death pool. Think of this as a time capsule, and before you go and see it, listen to this, see how, see how right we are, how off we are. If you know anything about the comics, we really don't. So we're just going <laughs> to guess and 
Yeah, but uh, thanks for listening to the the smallest media bias podcast, Talky Talk episode ever with just me and Chris. Yeah. But uh, yeah, reach out to us on Facebook. We got the media bias page. You can like, and if you want to chat, we do most of our discussions in uh, a few Facebook groups. There's games by us, media, uh, movies by us, and TV by us. But uh, like the media bias page, and you'll see them through there. We post to those pages a lot from the media bias group. Uh, check out the website, themediabias.com. Email us if you want to at themediabias at gmail.com. Uh, we may or may not have intro and outro music because I could be editing and posting this on my own, or, you know, this could make its way to David, who adds those those colorful splashes. So if there's music, thanks to Will Walker for the intro and Boo Rifa for the outro. Boo Rifa! Um, All future and past podcasts, even, even <laughs> if you're left off this one. Yeah. Um... But that's it. And I think we'll see you guys hopefully on schedule next week with a th- with at least a threesome back together. <laughs> yep. Bye.